thankful for all of our children's church workers and uh, uh, for all for all of our children. Amen. Yeah. Uh, when I used to uh, uh, years ago, before I became a pastor, I'd go from church to church, and you'd see so many churches without any children. And I'm grateful. Amen. I'm grateful and thankful for all yeah. the children that God has sent our way and all the work that He's doing for us. So I appreciate the Lord this morning. Appreciate the singers. Amen. They did a good job leading us in worship, and we uh, uh, we appreciate their stance and their uh, and especially the testimony that Jesus deserves the glory. Amen. Amen. Uh, he's the one that does. So I'll try to preach the best that I can to you this morning, uh, but uh, uh, you have to pray for them. Amen. You most likely heard. What I, what I preached, uh, uh, you've heard what I'm going to preach before, but that's okay. This morning it will serve as a reminder to you, maybe an encouragement for some of you, and then also maybe a, a warning to others. Amen? Uh, the Word of God is powerful in that way, and sometimes in our life we'll read a passage and it will be a great comfort to it. And then sometimes we'll read the same passage and it will be a great conviction that follows with it. Amen? Uh, so the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to get down, right down into the intents of our hearts. And know it knows us, amen? amen? It's a living word that knows us and it's able to do a great work in it. So, hope to preach to you this morning as a reminder that Jesus is coming, amen? amen. He's coming back for us. So, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 24. I'd like to read a few verses of Scripture there in Matthew chapter 24. It says, now, I'll start with verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things be. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and divers or various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and they'll betray one another and hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now let's look together. Verses 36 through 39. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen? Amen. What are we reading this morning? What is that? What, what the first verses answer that for us, right? The disciples were asking for the signs of the end of the age and when the Lord would come back. They wanted to know that. And so this chapter, Matthew chapter 24, 
answers those questions. And I won't be preaching my way all the way through all those signs and, and all those different things. Many of them are very self-explanatory. They don't need to be expounded upon or any of those things. But instead, uh, I will preach on a few that I want you to see this morning and I want you to understand. And you may be thinking, why should I preach this? Why would I preach this today? I believe I'm preaching this today uh, because the Lord's put it on my heart for two reasons. One, because I believe that somebody needs to hear this message whose heart is not prepared for the coming of the Lord. But also because I believe that there's times in our lives as Christians where we fall asleep and we forget how close we are to seeing the Lord. Amen? Amen? We forget just how close we are to beholding the Lord face to face. And we get sleepy and we get, uh, we get uh, I guess, lazy in our faith and we become like the servant. You remember when Jesus told them there, he said, he said, if the good man would have known that the thief was coming, he wouldn't have suffered his house to be broken into. Would we need to be that way. We need to be ever ready for the return of the Lord. Amen. And I know that you can talk to me all about all the different things that maybe you know a lot more than I do about. Uh, you can talk to me about the uh, uh, abomination of desolation and all about all the, the Antichrist and maybe walk me through revelations. But my message is not about those things this morning. My message is simple. Right. One day the Lord's going to fulfill all that and He's coming back. Amen. And when He comes back, He's coming back. For those who are ready for His appearing. That's the real reason today that I want to preach this. Now, when I talk about those who are unprepared for His coming, I'm talking about those maybe who have not yet even been born again. You, listen, if you're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. There's no you, there's no you should be or there's no you were close so come on in. You must be born again. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. Uh, and, and, and so today, I, I want to focus on this scripture. You you pray that I can maybe uh, uh, preach it in a way that makes sense. Amen? You know, the good news today is as we all sit here today, whether you've been a Christian for 40 years or, or 40 minutes or whether you're not saved at all, God, everything can change today. Amen. Everything can change. We all have the ability to change by the grace of God. I love the scripture where the Lord says that today is the day of salvation. Amen. 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 Today, in other words, meaning right now, while you have this moment. This moment is the moment of salvation. This moment, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your hearts. Amen. Now the first thing you might think this morning, maybe if you're here and you're lost, Maybe I could speak to you just for a minute. You might think, well, there's been a whole lot of you preachers and a whole lot of churches and a whole lot of Christians for years that's been saying the Lord's coming back and He ain't come back yet. And that's 100% the truth. And the reason for that is because ever since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and ever since the Lord sent His Spirit to us on the day of Pentecost, We've been in the last days. Amen. Those were the beginnings of the last days. Those were the times, right? And because that we are being filled with the Spirit, God has been faithful to send men to preach the truth of this gospel so that all people can hear and know what they must do to be saved. Peter 
talks about. In 2 Peter chapter 3, he said, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust. And they'll say, Well, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. You think about that scripture for just a minute. These scoffers that come in the last days, this ain't what I'm supposed to be preaching on, I don't guess, but I want to hear it. Walking according to their own lust. Willfully, the scripture says, forgetting that God created the heavens and the earth. Willfully forgetting that God has reserved the earth for fire until the day of judgment and perdition. But Peter warns us and said, Beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Amen. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness. But is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now look at this verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come. As a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. You see what Peter's saying? You see what he's talking about how the Lord is going to fulfill His promise, but the reason that He hasn't yet is because the Lord is gracious and long-suffering and wants men to be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's gracious and, and ready to save and He's calling people to salvation all the time. And, and, and listen, He wants to see the kingdom of heaven full. That's God's heart towards us. God has never changed. Neither has His heart changed. In Ezekiel 33, He said, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Amen. But that the wicked would turn from their ways and live. But don't mistake God's love for God's acceptance. Don't mistake God's long-suffering for slackness. Don't think today that because He hasn't come, He's not coming. Don't get lazy in your mind. Don't, don't think for a minute that you're not this close to seeing the Lord face to face. Even if we have another 20 years, guys, that's nothing. If we have another 100 years, that's nothing. A thousand years is like a day to the Lord. <laughs> you rest assured there's a day coming when this mercy will end. Amen. You rest assured there's a day coming when grace ceases. And then the judgment of God comes. What will the signs be? What will it look like? Well, we read them, but I just want to emphasize 
really a couple to you this morning. The first sign you'll find in verse 4 and 5 of Matthew 24. It's the sign of deception. Many people saying, I am Christ. Now, a lot of people believe that this verse of Scripture uh, is just saying that people's going to say, well, I'm Jesus, follow me. Right? And listen, we've seen that in the world today. You can go online right now and type in uh, that, that very thing and you'll find there's a guy in Florida who has a church and he proclaims to be Jesus. He's got thousands of people that follow him around. <laughs> that, 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 you, we've seen that. But that's not what this Scripture is talking about. That's not what it's saying. Look at the Scripture again and see what it says in verse 4. It says, And Jesus answered, Take heed, no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying that I am the Christ... But they'll deceive many. What he's talking about, what this verse is teaching, is that many people are going to be deceived by people who say that Jesus is the Christ. They're going to be deceived by people who profess to be Christians, but they're not. And the world is full of those people today. Our churches are full of those people today. Everywhere you go, turn on the TV this evening. And see, it's full of them. People who profess to be Christian, but they have no biblical standing. They've not been born again. They're not saved. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And without that, friend, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. That's what this verse is teaching us. It's teaching us that many are going to come and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. He said they'll come in my name and they'll say I am the Christ. Uh, uh, but listen, they're going to deceive many. Their songs sound Christian. Their lives, it may even look like. But when you listen to the words and you hear what they preach and you hear what they teach, brethren, we should know. We should know the truth. Amen. Jesus said that you would know the truth and the truth would make you free. Amen. Listen now. You have to know the right Jesus. You understand what I'm preaching to you? It ain't enough. You've got to know the right. There, there are lots of people preaching lots of Jesuses. That's all over the place. But there's only one right. There's only one real Christ. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And it's the Christ that's written in this book. It's the one that we can know because He's given us His Word. It's the one who in the beginning was the Word. Amen. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Amen. It's the Christ that's written right here that's, that was prophesied about and testified about. And that Peter said that they have come eyewitnesses to the things that he done. And any other Jesus is the wrong one. Amen. Don't let me confuse you today because I say there's lots of people preaching lots of Jesuses. All I'm saying to you today is that there's lots of false prophets 
declaring a, a Christ to you that we can't find in the Scripture. Amen. Doctrine that doesn't line up with Scripture, with truth. This was Paul's concern for the Corinthian church. In 2 Corinthians 11, he said, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve with his craftiness, so your minds would may become corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit that we have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. You'll start to listen to it. Jesus was warning us that people were going to rise up in His name. But they wouldn't be the real thing. He even went as far as to say that, that it's possible that if they would, they would deceive the very elect. That's how crafty this deception is. That they could almost truly deceive those that have been genuinely born again. And listen, the worst part about this sign of the end of the age is that all these people sincerely regard themselves to be genuine believers. They do things in His name, but they're serving a false Christ. They're not serving the real Jesus. Don't you remember the Scriptures? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not do all these things in Your name? He said, I never do. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. In other words, you had the wrong Jesus. You had the wrong one. I never knew you. You had a Jesus that some man made of. You didn't have the one that's written right here in the book. I can't emphasize to you how important this is. It's so important for you to know the truth. It's so important for you to follow the truth. There are so, listen to me church, really, there are so many voices in this world that's preaching right now. Amen. Amen. There are so many people looking to make profit off of you. There are so many people looking to make merchandise and, and the church is an easy target. But we shouldn't be. We've got every tool that we need to know the truth. Amen. We've got the Word of God. And if we're born again, we have the Spirit of God. Amen. And with those two things, we should be able to know the real God. Amen. Amen. Amen? We should be able to see the truth versus a lie. No matter how subtle that it might be. Listen, church, you do well to pray for that. Pray for discernment. Try the spirits to see if they be of God. Don't forget it. Pray for discernment. Pray God keep me from false doctrine. Keep me from false truth. Don't lead me astray. Not everybody that sounds good, church, is good. Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth this morning. I'm warning you. I told you it will come out as a warning to you today. Not everybody that sounds like they're preaching the God you believe in is really preaching Him. Be careful. The deception is so cunning and so sly that it's hard to tell the difference. But listen close. Don't follow any preacher. Or any pastor blindly. Never do that. This word is the only source of truth that you have. There's no other source. No matter how good they seem, no matter how godly they look, no matter how godly they act, 
Not everyone is genuine. Some people are sent to deceive. You understand that today? So, let me read you a scripture. I don't have it up there, Sean. So just bear with me for just a minute. I want to I, I read this one to you in 2 Corinthians. We got enough time for you guys to let me find it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, I believe. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it should not be surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. Amen. Don't be surprised, guys. Don't be fooled by them. Amen? Amen. And the second sign that I want to focus on, I'll try to, try to, try to get there for you. The second sign that I want to focus on of the end of the age and the coming of the Lord is He said in those verses there in 36 through 39 that it would be like the days of Noah. And you've heard that preached probably before many times. But if we want to understand it again this morning and be reminded of it, you've got to go back into Genesis to see the days of Noah. Amen? And if you went back into Genesis and took a look, I'll read to you some, some scriptures here in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only on evil continually. Men in the days of Noah were ruled by wickedness. Let me phrase it to you this way. There was an absence of God in the way they thought and in the way they acted. Amen? Amen. Amen. They would rather be guided by their own desires than to be guided by God. Yeah. They chose to follow their own heart. To do what seemed right in their own eyes. There is a way that seems right to men in his own eyes. Amen. But the end of that is death. They call evil good and good evil. Is that not the way we're living today? Listen to me now. Is that not? Think about that for a minute. That's exactly the way that we're living in this day. People refuse to be guided by the truth of the Word of God. They want to follow their own heart. They want to follow their own imagination. They want to follow their own dreams. They want to follow their own desires. And listen, and they propagate to us all the time that we're not living the good life unless we live like them. Yes. And we subject ourselves to it and expose our children to it constantly. Yes. We allow them to preach their message to us in the name of entertainment. Let me preach to you. Amen? Yeah. We, we love God, but we don't love Him enough to stop some of the foolishness that we do. Come on. Amen? Yeah. We glorify the things. We take pleasure in things that God hates. We find them entertaining and God finds them sickening. We find it laughable and God finds it abomination. We 
support the very things that God says are wicked. And we'll watch and listen to sinful things so our flesh can be satisfied. And then come into the house of God and lift up our hands in praise. It's nothing more than rebellion against the God who is holy, holy, holy. Wickedness ruled the hearts of men. And brethren, today, wickedness is ruling the hearts of men right now. The world isn't getting better. It's getting worse. Our brother alluded to that when he stood here in the song. They sung, the world isn't, it's not improving. All the great technology and all the great ways that's supposed to make our life easier. I read an article the other day that said, uh, I think it was Uber, that said by 2030 that all their cars would be self-driven. There won't any drivers anymore. <laughs> and all the technology and all the things, they're not making our lives better. They're making them worse. Amen. It's distracting us and making us lazy and making us un... And it's numbing our ears and our hearts to truth. And now because our kids stare all day long at a TV that's got a million different pictures and colors every 30 seconds, they can't stand to sit for an hour in the house of God. Amen. And listen to a man preach the gospel. It's not entertaining enough for them. And so what will we do? Well, let's make the, the house of God more entertaining is the answer that men have come up with. Let's make it, let's fill it full of fog machines and smoke machines. Sister Brandy sent me an article yesterday that talked about now how we got a, you know, the house of God looks no different than a nightclub. Let's fill it up so that way we can get people in and then let's preach to them some watered down half-truth doctrine so that they'll say that they love Jesus too when they really don't even know Him. They're not even married. They've never been told about the real Jesus because the man standing up there is too afraid to tell the truth. He's afraid he won't make as much money as he needs to make. I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm Noah. Amen. Yes. Brethren, 
Widespread violence is marking our day. Amen. 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 Let me tell you that the, the intent, the one of the signs of this of this uh, evil intention of men's hearts and the way that violence is set up. It, it, listen, Jesus talked about it. He said there'd be wars and rumors of wars, men fighting with each other, nations fighting against each other, all for the in the name of power and control and greed. It's just in the 20th century, it's estimated that 203 million people died in war. It's a sign of the violence in our hearts. Just in this last 10 years, in the, pa the past 10 years, when our society is supposed to be getting so much better, we're supposed to be so much smarter and so much more tolerant and loving and all these things, Two million children have died because of war. Yeah. But war is not the only form of violence. There's lots of other forms. Amen? Amen. Amen. Guys, people are killing each other left and right. Amen. You can't turn on the news today without seeing a school shot all to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 and I'm not being political. i got no business in politics. I'm not a politician and I don't care about it. Politics. But I can tell you that that's a sign of violence in the hearts of men. Amen. Terrorist attacks. Su look at the suicide rates today. I mean, just I mean, this, this is a, these are acts of violence. People trying to kill as many people as they possibly can. They'll run over them on the sidewalk with cars. They'll blow them up with bombs. They'll shoot them. They'll do anything they can. They'll stab them. They'll beat them to death. That's whatever they can do. Yeah. And it just goes on and on and on. Let me tell you another form of violence today that we don't talk near enough about. 44 million babies a year are aborted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm killing the innocent. Yeah. Guys, that's murder. And listen, the vast majority of these abortions that are being performed are not because of illness or all these other, It's because they don't want to deal with that baby. And they're just killing and they're fine with it. They're fine with it. Innocent blood. Lays on our land. You know, when, when Cain killed Abel, God said, I have heard the cry. His blood cries out to me from the ground. What do you think? How do you think the cries sound in the ears of God today? And we glorify it in our culture. We'll rename it. Oh, I'm... I, 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 this is the way it's going to be today. I can already listen. We will rename it and call it women's rights. Yes, sir. Amen. That can make somebody mad. I hope it don't. But it's still the truth. You don't get to kill. You don't get to kill kids because you don't want them. 
they show right now in the United States, a typical child in a normal home will view more than 200,000 acts of murder on television before the age of 18. Eight hundred and twelve acts of violence per hour on television. And we'll run to watch it. All right. I've hurt some feelings. But I didn't mean to. It wasn't intentional, I promise you. But at the same time, I've got to preach the truth. If I don't tell you the truth, I don't love you. You know what else in, in the days of Noah that, that, that was rampant? Sexual immorality. Now Jesus linked the days of Noah to the days of Lot in Luke chapter 17. If you look with me in verses 26 through 30, it says, As it was in the day of Noah, so will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In Lot's day, church, there was rampant sexual version. And it's absolutely the way it is today. Now I know that it's sensitive, and let me tell you, I believe the church has handled it so poorly. So poorly. The way that we've approached uh, all, all this sexual sin, especially in regards to the issue of homosexuality. Uh, listen, I, I, but we live in a culture, we've got to realize today, that glorifies sexual immorality. Now I believe with all my heart, I make no bones about it. There's no doubt in my mind that the church is called to show love and grace to those who are still in bondage to sin. We're, I, I, I do not hate homosexuals. I do not hate them. I do not avoid them and I do not not be friends with them. Jesus, my Savior, was a friend of sinners. And so I don't avoid and try not to be friends. But I don't condone sexual perversion. And I won't say it's right if God says it's wrong. That's not in my power to do. The reality is today, even though I love them, homosexuality is still a sin. Amen. It's still wrong. It cannot be changed no matter what the popular opinion is. Listen, but that's not the only sexual sin in the world. Adultery is still sin today. Amen? Fornication is still sin today. These things haven't changed and they won't ever change. But we're living in a time when we're letting society determine what the truth is. But you can only find truth in God's Word. Amen. Now I know all the arguments, and I've heard them all, and I've debated with people, and tried to witness to people, and I know the times have changed, and I've 
I've been told, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, you say that homosexuality is wrong, but do you eat shellfish? I know all the arguments. I know where it comes from. I know in Leviticus 18 when he says that it's an abomination for a man to lie with a man or a woman to lie with a woman, that it also says it's wrong to eat pork and shellfish and all those things. And I understand this today too, and I know this. I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. But I also know this. That many Christians have used Leviticus like a bat to try to beat people to death with it. But even in the age of grace, God says homosexuality is wrong. And that sexual immorality will send many people to hell. I don't have to go to Leviticus to demonstrate my point. I can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. When God says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's a sexually immoral person. Idolaters, adulterers, another sexual immoral act. Nor homosexuals. Nor sodomites. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were watched. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen? There was sexual immorality that was rampant in those days and guys, we're seeing it the same today. Amen. Our children are being taught that it's not sinful. And we're letting them believe it. You can't watch a show on television today without it being driven down your throat. Not just homosexuality, but adultery. There's a whole series that I hear Christian people talking about watching that promotes nothing but, but pornography and adultery and fornication. <laughs> We've got no business in that stuff. We're not of the darkness. Amen. What fellowship do we have with that? We're to have none. We're to cut that off. The last, the last sign I want to preach to you this morning. In the days of Noah, they rejected preaching. And they rejected today. During all of this wickedness of hearts and all this violence and all this sexual immorality and all of these things taking place they continued on like nothing ever happened they were married and given in marriage they were eating and drinking they were having the time of their lives all the while thinking that God would never do anything about it God would never be angry with them God would never judge their sinfulness but God was sending a warning he kept sending it. He used Noah who found grace in his eyes. And Noah was a preacher, the Bible says, of righteousness. <clears throat> and Noah, not only did he preach righteousness, but right in their midst, he began to build an ark. Amen. God began to talk to him, and before their eyes, even though it had never rained, he was building an ark. And he was preaching of the coming flood, coming judgment from God. And that ark was the representation of God's love 
and his willingness to save anybody that returned to him. Amen. And Noah stood and he would proclaim that God was good and that God was willing to save if they would just repent. But they rejected God's plan of salvation and they chose to go on like nothing would ever happen. But the day did come when the rains began. And Noah and his family went inside and God shut the door to the ark. And that was it. Now I don't have any doubt in the world as the floods grew worse, as the rains kept pouring down, the people flooded to that ark. I don't have any doubts that if you find it on the outside, there's scratch marks and claw marks and everything else of people trying to get in there. Amen. Yeah. But the door had been shut. Mm-hmm. And there was no open that bad. And Jesus spoke about a, a similar time for us in Luke chapter 13. His disciples asked him a question. They said, Lord, is it really few that will be saved? And this is what he said to them. He said, strive to enter in through the narrow gate. Amen. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in that gate and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door say, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he'll answer and say, I do not know you. I don't know where you're from. Then they'll say, but we ate and drank in your presence and you talked. You taught in our streets. And he'll say, I tell you, I do not know you. Or where you're from, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves rust out. Here's what I'm telling you this morning. There's so many signs that show us that time is running out. I just mentioned a few. But if we went through the rest, you'd soon find out that many of them are being fulfilled left and right. Yeah. And no one knows when the day will come. And anybody that says they do is a false prophet. And you don't follow that person. You don't go with that person. Nobody knows when the day will come. Not even the Son, but the Father only that I But I do know this, the day will come. And the end is always near. Yeah. But God has prepared for us an ark of salvation. Amen. Just like Noah found grace in the eyes of God, we have found grace in the eyes of God. Amen. His name is Jesus. Amen. There's no other name like it. There's no other, there's no other ark of safety to turn to. There's no other place where we can go. If we'll put our faith in Him, trust Him, surrender to Him, believe on Him, God will save us from the coming destruction. But the Bible does say that there'll come a day when men will call upon God, but He will not answer. That men will seek Him, and they will not find Him. They'll have their chance. The Bible warns us against hardening our hearts against God. Amen? I beg you this morning to get inside the ark of Satan. I beg you this morning to get in Jesus Christ. Your heart's got to be right, church. 
If you've got children that are lost, I, I, I beg you to not get complacent praying and witnessing to them. If your friends and family are lost, don't get complacent. Go after it with your whole heart this morning. Amen? If there's anything that's about your relationship with God this morning that's not right, I beg you to get it right. I beg you to get it right. When the Lord comes, I want Him to find you without spot and without blemish. Amen? There ain't but one way for a man to get rid of blemish. And there ain't but one way for a man to get rid of the spots and the stains is to be washed by the blood. Amen. Amen. That's the only way today, church, that you can have that. So I beg you, time is running out. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts. Let's stand. As we bow our heads and close our eyes and we listen for the voice of God, Speak to our hearts this morning. I'm asking you, do you feel the need to surrender to God? Do you feel it in your heart? Do you know, I need a Savior? Do you, did you hear when they sung it this morning? I need a Savior. Are you there? At that place in your life where you think, man, I need a Savior. Is God prompting you to come? Is the Holy Spirit drawing you this morning? I promise you God is ready to save. And God is able to save. The work that take, that salvation takes has already been done. Christ has been crucified, yea, and risen from the dead. And because of the, because of the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, we now can have life and have it more abundantly. You can be right with God. Would you come today, lost person? Step out from where you are and say, Here I am, Lord. Save me, a sinner. I'm in need of salvation. Come and pray this morning, lost person. Come and give your heart to Christ. Give your life to God. Get in the ark of safety for this time. The world's not going to get better. Things aren't going to improve. It doesn't matter who we elect. It doesn't matter who we put in. Things are going to grow worse. And the men's hearts are growing colder. Wickedness is ruling. But we have a Savior. Now to you church, I wonder. I thought about this this morning. I wonder how many people helped build that ark. They worked on it. They listened to Noah as he would preach righteousness. They saw the great splendor of the boat when it was finished. And they looked upon it and beheld it with their eyes. But at the end of the day, they all perished. It's possible for you to be here this morning and be a professing Christian and your heart not be right with God. I want you to fix that right now if that's you this morning, church. If you're here this morning and you need the altar, it's open to you this morning. If you're a Christian and you think... There's something in my life that I want to get right with God. Step out from where you are and come to the altar. And let's pray. Let's get it right. Let's get things settled today. Are you where you need to be? Is your heart right with God? If the Lord came back today, 
Are you ready to meet God? This is the place to be. Now is the time to fix it and to get it right. There's room at the altar for you. You can come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. God will cast you away. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He's near. Amen? And the Lord is near today. But today is also nearer than when we first believed. We're coming up to the end, church. We're coming up to the end. Soon, Christ is going to return. I want your heart to be right and ready. I want our church to be ready. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we look to you this morning. We thank you, God. We thank you for loving us, God. And we thank you, Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ. Who without God, we'd be lost and undone. We'd be without hope, without God in the world. But because of Him, Lord, and the sacrifice that He made on our behalf, God, because He took our sins upon Him and nailed them to His cross, God, we can have life today. We can proclaim redemption, God. We can call ourselves Your children. But God, we want our hearts to be right. We want our lives to reflect Your glory, God. We want our church to be pure, without spot, without blemish, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each heart, God, the very thing that they need. That you would show us, God, where we fall short and help us to get closer to you, God. Help us to be a greater light to those around us, Lord. We pray for the lost that are in here today, God, whoever they may be. God, only you know the hearts of people. It's not for me to know, God. But Lord, as you look through, you measure each man's heart. If you find any God without the blood applied, we pray, God, that you be merciful to them. And that you would continue to work in them, God, and call them and draw them to yourself. And that your long-suffering would continue. But God, if time is over, God, and if it's time for the soon return, we, our hearts cry out, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. We have something better ahead. Something that we sometimes lose the vision of, God. Restore the vision of heaven in our hearts this morning, God. And in our eyes, help us to know and see the goodness of the home you have prepared for us, God. And to long for it more than we desire the foolishness and the temporary things of this world, God. We love you. We thank you. We pray for safety for all those that's gathered here today and for all those who wish they could but couldn't. We pray for healing, God. For the sick, God, we pray, Lord, that you would be with our people. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you. Have a great week. Come out and play practice for those that are...